Hey, welcome and thank you for joining us. We're so excited that you're here today. Um, we'll get to Kevin's message in just a moment. Before we get there, we got a couple of announcements and things that we want to say. First of all, happy Father's Day to all the fathers and father figures out there. You guys are amazing. You play an incredible role in the lives of your kids in shaping them and molding them into the people that God has designed them to be. So we want to say from us to you a giant thank you for all that you do. Thank you for the hard work and the long hours and the love. You fathers out there are amazing. Thank you so much. We wish we could celebrate you with you in person, um, but that is coming soon. We have a, a COVID-19 update for you guys. We are planning on resuming in-person services on July 12th, Sunday, July 12th. We are eagerly awaiting that day. We are so excited, anticipating a in-service, uh, in-person service with you guys. We are making all of the plans and following the CDC guidelines to make sure it's safe for everyone. We have sent out an e-blast with all of the different steps that we're going to be taking to make sure that you can come and enjoy being around people, not too close, obviously, but still enjoy being in person for service and worshiping together once again. We cannot wait to see you on July 12th. Um, and we just want to say thank you for those of you who have continued to give throughout this uh, difficult time. We know it's difficult for a lot of families, but we just want to thank you so much for those of you who have continued to give online in your various forms. We want to say a big thank you. We couldn't do what we do without you. Um, if you would like to give, you can go. The best way to do it, the easiest way to do it, is to go to our website and, and hit the giving tab and do that online. It's really easy and simple. And again, we just want to thank you for, for the way that you support us and, uh, and can Continue the mission of God through Kensington. If you're a dad, you're not afraid to work hard. Never give up. Never compromise. And the best dads always look for ways to get better. I'm looking for something to energize me. I'm looking for something to push me further. And I'm looking for something to go with these nachos. Dad Fuel, the energy drink designed just for dads. So I can finish the fight. So I can finish the race. So I can finish mowing the lawn. And later on, I might watch some golf the fuel dads need to do the things dads do climb the highest peak go the furthest distance check the scores read the newspaper give amazing relationship advice why are you crying you should really talk to your mother about that dad fuel comes loaded with taurine ginseng and 100 percent of your daily recommended value of hi hungry i'm dad i start every morning with the four d's devos donuts dad fuel dad blanket breakfast of champions baby now available in four bold flavors original orange grow model raspberry grow master mango and I thought I told you to take out the garbage grape you can't touch my passion you can't touch my drive and you definitely can't touch my thermostat no way so whether you're thirsty for victory or just plain thirsty no seriously it's empty can I get another one? Dad Fuel. Because I am fearless. Because I am unstoppable. Because the players on TV aren't going to yell at themselves. Come on! Throw the ball!
Well, welcome to Kensington Online. We are nearing getting back together on July 12th in person. I am so excited about actually being together and seeing you all. It has been a long time. It's been way too long. Well, um, we're going to jump into the day. We are in week three of our series called Binge Watch. Uh, we've been binge watching the life of Joshua, and I hope you've been enjoying the lessons from his life. Um, now, we started with episode one. It was titled The Apprentice, and we find out that Joshua, while he was a leader in the army as a young man, he actually became Moses's apprentice. Moses mentored Joshua, poured into him for decades, and Joshua ended up becoming one of the great leaders and generals in Israel. Episode two was called The Scout, the Israelites. They get to the edge of the promised land that God had told them that he was going to give them. Moses sends out 12 spies. They check out the land. It's incredible, just like God had said it was, but there were also giants living in the land. The 12 spies come back. 10 of them are afraid. Joshua and Caleb, two of the 10, just said, eh, we could take them. Like they're ready to take on the giants in God's name. But the 10 who were afraid made everyone else so terrified that they wanted to actually go back into slavery, go back to Egypt and forget all the promises that God had given to them. So God said to Moses, because of your rebellion and your unwillingness to trust me, None of the generation that is alive right now will ever see the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. None of those, not, none of the generation of adults except for Joshua and Caleb. So that led to 40 years of the Israelites wandering in the desert as that generation kind of basically died off. Their fear, which kept them from trusting God, um, kept them from seeing the promised land, which is a little bit like you and I. Um, fear can cause us to wander for years, sometimes decades. And you need to know God is inviting you. He is calling you. He is challenging you to take new ground in your life, to take that ground and turn it over to him, bring it under his authority. And if we let fear lead the way, we will find ourselves wandering and stuck. I've heard a really good quote recently, um, and it's this, your next level spiritually lies beyond the boundaries of your current spiritual experiences. Your next level spiritually lies beyond the boundaries of your current spiritual experience, meaning you're going to have to get outside of your comfort zone to reach that next level. You're going to have to go beyond your current level of experience, push, push past your fear of the unknown and take that new ground. You're going to need to join a small group. You're going to need to get an actual accountability partner that knows everything that you struggle with. Um, if you want to get to that next level of spiritual uh, journey with God, you're going to have to accept Jesus for the first time. That might be your next step. You're going to need to sp start spending considerable time with God on a daily basis. If you're going to experience some new things with God, you're going to have to do some new things with God. So today, we fast forward 40 years from where we left off last week. Moses and the whole generation, except for Joshua and Caleb, have died. Joshua has been anointed the new leader of over 2 million Israelites. And it is now time for them to enter the promised land. So today's episode is titled, The Rookie. Scholars say, say that Joshua was 68 to 78 years old right in there. So why is this episode called The Rookie? He's not rookie age. But it's called the rookie because it's the first time he has led the nation. They're looking to him. He is a rookie leader. 
Now, we got to talk about casting, right? In episode one, we had a young Keanu Reeves from The Matrix play Joshua. Um, in week two, we had Will Smith from Independence Day kind of era. Um, he had a little bit of swagger in him. That, was, he, that one was called The Scout. Today's episode happens 40 years after that, and I'm going to cast Clint Eastwood in his middle age years. Now, his characters usually have nerves of steel and they are heading into unknown territory, Joshua and them, but his characters usually figure out a way to succeed. Now, if you have someone that you think would be better in that role as you listen to the message, go ahead and stop the message at any time and discuss it, have fun with it. Um, but Joshua's first act as a new leader, as a rookie leader, is he has to go and take the promised land. He has to lead the army and the people to go and take the land that God had promised them. And it's going to take faith. It's going to take wisdom. It's going to take battles and skirmishes and a lot of incredible leadership. And Joshua is God's man for the job. And it starts in Joshua chapter 1, where God begins to speak into Joshua's life to prepare him for the coming challenge. And I want to read that to you in Joshua 1, verses 1 through 3. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. And I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given to you. Now, there are a few things happening in these three verses that are really, really important. They were important for Joshua, but they're also important for you and I as well. First thing God's saying to Joshua, Joshua, the time has come for you to lead these people. God is calling Joshua to lead. The second thing happening is God tells Joshua, hey, the promise that I've given to Moses is now activated in your life. God reminds Joshua, my promises are for you Two. And thirdly, he tells Joshua, hey, wherever you set your foot, you are on land that I have already given to you. Now, this is such a big deal for you and for me because the promises that God has given to those that have gone before us are also for us as well. They're for you. God's promises are for you. They're not for other people. They're not for pastors or religious people or holy people. They're for anyone who chooses to follow God, anyone who has accepted Jesus into their life. God's promises are for you. And so when you're following God's lead in your life, and you're letting him direct your, direct your steps, he will actually guide you and lead you to land, to territory that he's already given to you. God, that he has already paved the way for you to take. He's already um, softened up the opponent. And so you can move ahead with confident, confidence. Now, that does not mean that you will not experience obstacles. The Israelites, they still had to go and take the land. They had giants to deal with. Verse 5. God's continuing to talk to Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you nor abandon you. Another promise for Joshua that is for you and for me, that is from God. God is saying, I will not fail you. I will not abandon you. And that should be comforting to you. It should be comforting to me. But what's interesting is Joshua still needed something more. Like what God had already said in those five verses wasn't enough. God, Joshua needed something more that you and I need as well. 
Even though we know the promises of God, um, we know that they are probably for us, and maybe you believe that they're for you because they are. Even though we feel like God is for us and that he's going to go ahead of us, Joshua, like us, still needed these amazing words that you're about to hear, and maybe you need them as well because these are powerful words directly from God to Joshua. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give to them. Now why, after God told Joshua everything he just told him, told him, I'm going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Why would he say to Joshua, be strong and courageous and then follow it up again at the beginning of verse seven, where he says it again. He's like, be strong and courageous. He like, he follows up with be strong, courageous, Joshua. And here's the, here's the point here. Just because God calls you to do something does not mean that it will be easy. Just because God says, hey, my promises are good and alive in your life. It does not mean that everything's just going to happen and be a cakewalk. A faith journey is a faith journey for a reason because it requires faith. There are times you don't know if the ground you're going to take and the way that you're moving in your life that God's calling you to do is going to work out. There are times that you don't have a clue about the outcome, and it feels like failure might even be a given. When God asks you to take new ground, like you're going to follow God's lead, and you're going to do the right thing for the right reasons, and all hell will break loose in your life because someone doesn't like that you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. You're going to follow God's lead. You're going to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then you're going to be tempted so hard that you're going to want to go back to your old way of life. You're going to want to give up. You're going to follow God's lead and you're going to start a tough conversation that has needed to happen for years. And it's not going to go well. You, you're going to start that business that God's asking you to start. You're going to break up with that person that you know isn't good for you. You're going to start tithing for the first time. You're going to be fully honest with your spouse about everything. You're going to get some accountability in your life. You're going to tell that person or that group something that you've never told anyone before. You're going to take that risk and jump into full-time ministry, join a life group, start serving in K-Kids when we start meeting again. Um, you're going to open up to your parents maybe. You're going to choose to live a life of complete integrity. You're going to go to counseling or maybe it's join, celebrate recovery. Whatever land God is asking you to take control over in your life, chances are it's going to be really hard. Chances are you're going to want to quit. Chances are you are not going to want to follow through. You're going to be too afraid to move forward. And God knows what he's asking you to do is not easy. And so God says to Joshua and to you and to me, he says it again in the beginning of verse 7. And I love this because I need these words. Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in everything you do. What is he saying? Joshua, your obedience to me and, and my way of living your life, if you live your life that way, that leads to blessing. And something that I've, I heard years ago that has always stuck with me is obedience always precedes blessing. If you want God's blessing in your life, obey him because obedience always precedes blessing. And then he says it again in verse nine. This is crazy that he says this again in verse nine. This is my command. God talking to Joshua, be strong and courageous 
Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I'll just tell you, if you're going to memorize a passage of Scripture, memorize that one. Um, Joshua 1.9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is a promise that God gave to Joshua that he gives to you and I. Now, why memorize that? Because taking new ground in your life can be scary and difficult, and discouragement will be nipping at your heels. So God says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because God's with you wherever you go. And I'm telling you, I need to hear that. I needed to hear that. It's interesting when God made it clear to Melissa and I 12 years ago that he wanted us to move to Florida and take new ground, start Kensington. We were so naive, right? God had told us that he was going to go before us and he was blessing us and that he was going to do something new. And we were like, woo, we're going to Disney World. We thought everything was going to be easy and great. Two years in, Things had turned out so difficult, so dysfunctional, so discouraging that we were on the edge of closing our doors. Financially, we were struggling. Attendance was a struggle. Our founding church was like railing on us. Gossip was everywhere. Everyone was pointing fingers, mostly at me. Um, It was so bad that for the first time in my ministry life, I was contemplating what else I could do because I'm obviously not good at this. It was that bad. I was so discouraged. And God just kept saying over and over and over to me, be strong and courageous. I brought you here for a reason. I have gone before you. I have given you this ground that you are on. Don't be afraid or discouraged. And I'm like, man, that's exactly where I was. But God just said, I'm with you wherever you go. And I'm just telling you, that is exactly what I needed. What God said to Joshua, I needed him to say that to me. And so this is what Joshua did. He knew the first city that he was going to have to take out was Jericho. If he was going to make it to the promised land, the gateway was the city of Jericho. So he sends two spies to Jericho to investigate. And so over the next few minutes, I want to give you three truths about following God wherever he leads. And I'll just start with this one. The very first truth is this. Every great story of following God begins with a small step of faith. Every great story of following God begins with one small step of faith. For Joshua, the first thing he did was take the step of figuring out where to go. He sends those two spies into Jericho. He didn't try and find a way around Jericho. He didn't shrink back and say, hey, let's wait and see if they go away on their own. He took the step of seeing what it was going to take. Every one of the great stories of God and great God stories start with a single step of faith. So the, the two spies ended up at the house of a prostitute named Rahab. Now, I know you're thinking, well, that's not really why Joshua sent them to Jericho. No, it's not. Um, Rahab, being a prostitute, probably used to having visitors. It was probably kind of one of the paths of least resistance for them to get into the city. And they begin experiencing immediate opposition. Joshua 2, verses 2. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who have come into your house, for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they are from. And so she sends the search party off out of town to give the men time to escape. This brings up our second truth about following God. Whenever you step out in faith, God has great people waiting to help you. Whenever you step out in faith, God has great people waiting to help you. God had already been at work before the Israelites ever got there. And they find out how because Rahab tells them why she helped them. And it is a, it is a great part of the story. 
Joshua 2, verse 9. She says, I know the Lord has given you this land. This is Rahab speaking to the spies. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror, for we have heard how the Lord has made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt, and we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things, for the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. In their moment of greatest need, God revealed that he'd already been working behind the scenes for them. He'd already been at work preparing Rahab to welcome and support them in advance of those scouts showing up. And it just reminds me of of, of when Melissa and I got here to Florida, you know, not really knowing anyone. We just started meeting people and they started jumping in and helping us. When we, before we launched, uh, the Marsdens, the Medeiroses, the Matiers, the McCalls, just to name a few, were already here because God loves people whose last names start with M, I guess. I don't know. Um, But they were instrumental in helping us launch and they're still serving God here. Craig Medeiros is still playing drums for us 10 years later. His wife is on our tech team. Chris Marsden, he's actually in this room right now helping us record this. His wife and daughter serve in multiple areas. Fred Mateer, John McCall, they serve in the parking team. Usher greeters along with their wives, they are now elders in the church. Do you know they were already here before Melissa and I got here? And they were already ready to jump in. And I could share name after name and go on and on and on about God had already been preparing great people to help us before we ever showed up and has brought so many amazing people since. When you step out in faith and follow God, you can trust that he has great people waiting to help you. So the spies tell Rahab, hey, we're going to save your family. Hang a red cloth in the window and we'll, we'll spare your entire family when we come through. They get back, they give Joshua the report of what had happened, and he gets everyone prepared, and he has all the people, millions, pack their things, get prepared, and they head towards Jericho. Um, There's just one problem between them and Jericho is the Jordan River at flood stage. Joshua 3, verse 14. Let me get in there and find that one. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Joshua knew they would have to cross the the Jordan River. He knew that God was going to have to show up and make this happen and he trusted God. He had everybody get ready, and Joshua um, has them head towards the Jordan. And then this is what happens. Let's see here. Um, But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which was near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed into the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now I'm pretty sure that Joshua and all the people with him had no doubt that God was with them when that happened. Because as they went, God cleared the path. He showed the way. He cleared the way for them, which is our third truth. 
God often clarifies the path and prepares us for the journey while we are on the road. God often clarifies the path and prepares us for the journey while we're on the road. Notice, when did that miracle happen for them? After they had picked up their things, packed them up, and started down the road, and then stepped into the river. It required them to get ready. It required them to take a step of faith into the river. And then what did they experience? An unbelievable miracle, which gets me to you and I. Where in your life have you felt a nudge by God, but the way forward is too ambiguous? Where in your life have you felt a nudge by God, but the way forward is too uncertain? There isn't enough information. Um, Maybe you're afraid, and because of that, you're holding back. You're too fearful to proceed. You're comfortable and secure, and you don't want to mess that up. Whatever that is, you need to remember. You need to remember that every great story of following God begins with a small step of faith. So take that step. You need to remember that God has great people waiting for you to help you accomplish what he has called you to. And as you do it one step at a time, God often clarifies the path and prepares you for the journey while you're on it, not before you start it. That's why it's called a faith journey. Your next level with God lies beyond the current level of your experience. And you're going to have to step across the Jordan River to take new ground. And God isn't going to move the river until you take a step into it and start moving his way. And I just want to encourage you to do that. God has great plans for you, just like he did Joshua. So be strong and courageous. For everywhere you go, the Lord is with you. And for some of you, that first step on the journey is accepting Jesus into your life. And maybe today is your day. Maybe you've never really been serious and invited Jesus into your life. Maybe um, you've been kind of poking around Kensington for a while, but you have not crossed that line of faith and said, I believe. Well, that's your first step. Are you willing to take it today? Will you take it today? And so I want to lead you in a prayer, all of us in a prayer, but specifically those of you that are ready to step across the line of faith. And so I want to ask everybody in the room, would you please bow your head and close your eyes um, wherever you're at? Um, And I just want to speak directly to those of you that have never stepped across the line of faith, but today's your day. This is kind of your Joshua moment. You're going to take that step. You're going to be strong and courageous. I want to ask you to just pray to God from your heart to his silently in the quietness of your heart. And you can say something like this, God, today is my day. I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent Jesus here to live a perfect life and to die on the cross for my sins. And so God, I ask right now that you would forgive me for all of my sin. I invite you to be the king of my life my Lord and Savior. And help me to live my life for you. Help me to live differently. Help me to be strong and courageous. Help me to move beyond my current boundaries that I've had from living my life for you. 
And for the rest of us, God, those of us that are people of faith, God, and maybe we've kind of shrunk back or not been willing to step forward and take new ground, God, I pray that you would give us strength and courage so we can go take that ground that you've called us to take in our life. We can take back those relationships, those, those places you want us to go so that we can be in obedience to you so we can experience the blessings you promise. And God, as we look forward to getting back together in person as a church, I pray for our nation. I pray for our leaders. Lord, make a clear way for us to get to a new normal that you might have been planning all along. God, just just be with us as we move forward. And and Father, we are so excited to be together in one place again um, coming up here real quick. And we just thank you for the blessing that we get to have in doing that in advance. Lord, help us to be a church that is strong and courageous, and it's taking new territory for you. In your holy name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus for the first time, I would love for you to tell somebody that you know that loves God. Um, even, you know, reach out to us here at the church. Just email us and let us know or give us a call or whatever. Uh, we would love to hear about it and help you grow on your journey. And then in the next few minutes, the band is going to play a song. And, and I just want to invite you to engage the song, engage the lyrics, and engage in worshiping this great God that has great plans for you that is with you wherever you go.
So oh.